everybody, this is me, your host, Jackson Stone, and this is episode 96, wow, of Jackson Talks, everybody, we're inching our way towards 100, careful digits, yeah, and every time leading up to this big episode 100, I've been saying how special the episode is going to be, and I haven't really come up with any ideas as to how I'm going to make it special, <laughs> but I think I'm just going to sit on this couch where I always or normally record this podcast, and I'm going to talk about how I feel about reaching 100 episodes, what this podcast means to me, where it started, where it is now, and where it's going. So I think that's what's going to be episode 100. So if you are a listener and you come back every single Tuesday and you plan on uh, stopping by for episode 100 and beyond, thank you so much already for joining us. I have an amazing guest today. If you were at the You Are Love fundraiser, which we held on March 10th, 2022, There'll be more events and fundraisers coming up later in the year and in 2023. You saw my guest perform his comedy set, but today I'm uh, I'm joined by my friend Reno Ramirez. How's it going? Hey, a hundred episodes, crazy. Wild, right? How many years? <clears throat> well, originally when I started, I was doing an episode every other week. Okay. Because I wasn't sure that I could get a guest or content for every week. It's fair. So that kind of took me uh, a while yeah. to get going. And then, actually, that's an actually a good, good, good question. Originally, this, this podcast started as a way to do more content for my professional wrestling character. So I was like, mm. I was like still sort of trying to be like a bad guy in professional wrestling. Yeah. You know, that sounds crazy. And I, I was like having a kind of a conflict there about the stuff I was posting online about mental health and stuff. Yeah. And like trying to be this character that I was, which yeah. was Lights, Cameron Jackson, like this movie star character. Yeah, this villain. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I was, I was sort of having this internal conflict about it already, but I decided to do this podcast anyways. And basically, I was going to have people come on, and I was going to ask them questions only about me, though. That's funny. So they were just, I was going to be like, so, uh, Reno, like, what's your, what's your favorite Jackson Stone moment? <laughs> and well, I did, like, quite a few of those episodes, yeah. and then... I like ran out of questions though, like in the first like three, three or four, five minutes of the episode yeah. and then it started to turn out into like a regular conversation. We'd start to get like deeper into mental health and their, their story and who they were. And so it sort of just transitioned into what it is now, yeah. like organically, but that's like, that was the original idea of this show. And it's a funny idea. I like, I can see you come in as like a Jackson Stone t-shirt yeah. and then your coffee mug has your face is smirking. That's funny. Dang. Yeah, I'm on the wrong podcast. I should have gone on that one. I should have gone years <laughs> earlier. Should have got you on that one. I don't one. even want to be on this one anymore. What? Nah, I'm just kidding. That, that's a really funny... Have you seen Between Two Ferns? Oh, I love that. It's comedy gold. It's that unbelievable. It's comedy gold. The one with Barack Obama is my favorite one. Did but, you watch the movie, though, that came out? No, no, I didn't. I mean, it's hard to have a movie that's as good as those little clips. Yeah. Because those are, like, absolute genius. Yeah. The movie was, I obviously laughed a lot, yeah. but it wasn't as good, even yeah. though it was like longer, but yeah. So, so that was the original Jackson Talks, everybody, and now we're here, almost at episode 100, and it's not even close to that, that original iteration, it's something totally different, and I'm not even wrestling really anymore. Do you like where it's went? I'm so happy with yeah. where it is, because this, like... You know, I do quite a few things in my life, mm -hmm. you know, but probably the top two most important endeavors I have are You Are Love, of course, and this podcast. Yeah. And I think they both equally aim at the same goal. For sure. I know it's kind of still odd that this is 
podcast is named after my pretend wrestling name. Mm-hmm. But it's just that I built this like brand of Jackson Stone, and I, people know me as that. I think they also know me as Aaron, which you do. Um, and I think you know now those things are kind of intertwined. They're kind of the same. They're they're kind of posted everywhere. Yeah. So I'm really happy with this. I'm like this this part where we're about to have a conversation uninterrupted for however long mm-hmm. is like one of the most joyful parts of my day because I'm not on my phone. Yeah. There's no distractions. I'm not thinking about anything else. Yeah. I'm not doing anything else. I'm just here with you That's right now. That's so cool, man. That's. So I only seen a few episodes. Is when he asked me. But like the the idea of uh, of uninterrupted, unscripted conversation about just life is super cool. We started a so I started a production company about two three months ago. It's called Futon Films. We're coming out with a bunch of stuff. Quick plug. Anyways, Futon Films. Futon Films. Can people find that now? Uh no. So we're shooting a first short film. I'm actually shooting all weekend. I'm in a movie. It's a short film. I'm not producing or anything. I'm just an actor called Pain. Which is funny that you said you're playing this villain guy and yeah. that you're a super nice guy. I'm also playing a villain guy this weekend and acting on, on screen and everything, which is like the opposite of me. I, yeah. I'm like the most nerdy, dorkiest dude. Like, I walked in, I saw all the Marvel stuff, and my nipples got hard. <laughs> and, um, but like, so I'm playing this, but um, the whole premise of Futon Films, we're shooting a lot. And everything's written by me. For example, this first film is called Stuck. And it's about um, sleep paralysis. It's mm-hmm. a horror short film. It's going to be about 15 minutes long. And it's, the, it's where the mind goes whenever they're dealing with sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a quick one. It's like small emotional stuff. But the whole reason why we're, we're even we even started this, me and my friend Jurgen, shout out to Jurgen. He just got back from London. Hate him a little bit. But uh, we talked about this for a long time, and we said we miss the days in like middle school or high school when you're with your best friends and you're having a sleepover, and it's like two a.m. and one's on the couch sleeping, one's on the floor, and you guys are having two a.m. conversations of like, "Hey, do you believe in aliens? Like, what do you think happens when we die?" Like, right. Those types of conversations where it's like not just how's the weather or did you see what LeBron did last week. It's more like. Man, what do you think your favorite color, mine being yellow, means about you? Like mm-hmm. those types of conversations. And so Futon Films represents that atmosphere. We're just, we're not flashy. I mean, this ring has tape on it to fit my finger. We're not <laughs> flashy at all. We're, we're, very, we're very chill, relaxed people, and everything we're going to produce is the same, you know, mindset. Right. So... This podcast idea of just sit down and let's talk about something deeper than the weather. Fucking love it. That's so it's a, such a cool. It's, it's hard. This is possibly the hardest form of content. You think so? Yeah, because it's real. Mm. I had this conversation with Jurgen again. This is when we started a few months ago. So you see a lot of the big YouTubers online, right? You know, you got your David Dobrik's, the Paul brothers, all these guys. They're bigger than life, right? They're like their name is bigger than life. Their videos, if you saw them walk down Broadway on top of an elephant juggling, you'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Like, that's not real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, but the content where it's just two people, three people, however, and they talk about, you know, this and this is, that's difficult because number one, you have to find people willing to do so or stupid enough to do so, like me. And, 
Number two, you have to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And being vulnerable possibly is the most difficult thing, in my opinion. I went on a huge tangent, and it went like four different ways. I love you. You didn't stop me, and I don't appreciate that, man. I'm not gonna stop you in a train of thought ever. Yeah, okay. It's like half my stand-up. I go, half the show I did on the fundraiser wasn't even written down. Yeah? Yeah, I just, I went up there and I started, and I was like, eh, I'm gonna talk, see how it goes. Okay, I have a lot of comments about everything you just said. (laughs) Okay. uh, I have this weird fear that I didn't press report on the thing, so I'm gonna look at it quick. Okay, we're good. Oh, we're still man. here. We're keeping it rolling. That's not going to be taken out at good. all. Because I did not so, remember anything I said. Um, yeah, I like. I, I try not to edit anything yeah. from this podcast. Like Ben is the guy who edits these videos. He's, oh. he's an amazing guy. And he just, he puts a little watermark on. He puts the intro and the outro. And then, and then what's it? Sounds like, like, sounds like Ben's lazy. <laughs> he, he, he could easily... He's do way more work. He's about to cut me out this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to be this whole time. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to put your name together. Yeah, he's not going to put my name. It's actually just going to be like a, like a My Little Pony show. Yeah. He's going to be in the gym. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so that's like super important to me. I, I try to live by this idea of like learning out loud and failing in public. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I come on here sometimes when I'm just by myself. I'm mm-hmm. usually talking about a specific topic. And that topic is usually something that I'm learning about on my own time, whether through a course, another podcast, a certification. And then I try to discuss it here, knowing that I don't really know anything, mm-hmm. but talking about it out loud is a thought exercise for me and allows me to verbalize some things that I may be understanding a little bit better than other things. Yeah. And then it might resonate with someone else. And if I get it wrong, then I can come back to this podcast in two or three months and still feel, if, do I feel the same way? Oh, maybe I've learned from this, or maybe I've grown from this, or maybe this holds true. Yeah. And then I think that's beautiful. And when millions of people start viewing this podcast, which they will, because I believe that'll happen, because I think mm-hmm. what we're doing here is really cool. Starting with this episode. Yeah. Then the name brand is here. Exactly. Then cool. more people will comment on whether I'm doing a good job or not. And, yeah. I, and I take that feedback um, very seriously. And whether it's like... You read everyone. Yes. Whether it's, you know, constructive criticism, whether it's some harsh feedback, or whether it's positive reinforcement, all of that stuff means something to me. Yeah. Because I view it as I, I viewed my athletic career, which is I'm trying to get better and improve at something every single day. And yeah. you have to watch your tape back. You have to learn from things that you're not as good at. You have to, you know, understand your inadequacies and where you want to grow. Originally, when I was doing this, I would cut my guests off all of the time. Mm-hmm. And I saw that. Like, why are you doing that? Just let them finish what they're saying. Yeah. And then respond yeah and then think about it and let it digest and so all of that stuff means a lot to me so yeah it's really cool that's cool i did the same it's funny you said that when i first did my first podcast years ago my issue was cutting my co-host off all the time mm. and we listened to it like and i'm so fucking sorry for being so rude cutting you off and all your stories it's not that you know, it'd be to make like a wisecrack joke they weren't that funny back then <laughs> But we, because we do that in real life when we're having a conversation with someone, right? We cut them off. We're not meaning to be mean. We just have something to say and we want to say it. But Mm -hmm. this podcast gives me the, uh, um, lets me take a look at it. Like, oh, I'm actually doing this. I can see myself doing this. And I can put an active stop to it. Like becoming aware of something and recognizing is the first step to wanting to change it. Yeah. So this podcast is, is super important to me for a number of reasons, but one of them being like, it just helps me 
have better conversation, which is super important. That's pretty sick. It's like your football tapes from practice to yeah. be a better conversationalist or interviewer or whatever. That's sick. I didn't even think of the concepts of the show before I sat down. I was so in my own world. What a narcissist. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> oh my lord. How do I fit my head in this shirt? It's so big. Anyways. Thanks. Um, but we're, we're going to circle back to everything that you just said about what you're doing, what you're writing, your comedy career. But I do start this podcast off in a very specific way. We kind of just got rolling, which is awesome. My bad. Go for it. But the first initial question usually leads to some good conversation. It's kind of the, the underlying theme of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, it's specifically important between two males. You talk about vulnerability a little bit and how hard it is, but I think yeah. it's also one of the most courageous things. So Reno, if you can answer this question honestly, if you choose to, that'd be great. How are you doing? Like, for real, for real. Like, right now? Like, a little right sweaty, now? A little sweaty from the nerves. But, uh... I'm... I'm going. I think... Everyone grows up, like, has... And they have an idea of where they want to be mm-hmm. in five years. Or, you know, where do you want to be in five years? That whole question people ask that in interviews and stuff like that yeah and five years ago I wanted to do exactly what I'm doing now you know I wanted to be a comedian I wanted to be an actor a writer a director all this stuff granted I'm doing like basically America's Funniest Home videos type of stuff but it is like a stepping stone uh but I just moved to Texas so like I don't have I don't know a whole lot of people I get counting like both hands the amount of people I actually see and you know, I could feel lonely. I do miss my friends back home and stuff like that. And there's a sense of fear for the future because I've always this is the step I always knew I wanted to take. So the fear is, do I have what it takes to finish it, and do I will I be able to figure out what I want to do next? And I, I think it's a healthy fear. Um, nothing I'm too worried about, but. It is something I'm, I'm thinking about constantly, which is probably why like I'm constantly writing. Like I'm up late every night just working on projects and stuff like that because like I need to keep going so I can get where I want to be, and then once I'm there, I can figure out the next step. So you know, I guess I don't think I could put a word to how I feel, but kind of a mixed bag of crazy cats just mm-hmm. just clawing their way out to figure out. Want to get out first? Do I want to be scared? Do I want to be happy? Because I am happy, but at the same time, it's overwhelming. It's a bit lonesome, but I do have great friends who support me. Jackson Stone. <laughs> um, I wanted to make sure I stayed right into the camp. Jackson Stone. Did you have a voice like Hulk Hogan? No, it's always it's always been the same. You don't have like a villain voice. Man. I know. I was I was a pretty good villain though. Were you? Yeah. Lights, camera, Jackson was, was hated in, in many places. Dang. Yeah. Wild. That's so... I want to go watch. Anyways, to finish up my little soliloquy, I'm okay. And I am just figuring out, like, the rest of us. So, you know, I think everyone's a little scared. Kind of scary. Yeah. So. First question. Where are you from? Originally Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. I was there until I was about 14. Moved to Ada, Oklahoma. It's a small town. There's about a goat and a church and 12 Mexican restaurants. 
And then about two years ago, I moved here. Why'd you move here? I was a little kid with a little dream. I'm still a little kid, but uh, was, I was trying to go back home to LA. Too expensive. I was going to go to Austin. Don't know anyone in Austin. I didn't know anyone in Dallas, but my roommate now, he's like my brother. We lived together for such a long time. Shout out Jacob, awesome person. He offered to live with me like in Texas, but we had to go to Dallas, which was a compromise. And I was like, that works. I could do stuff in Dallas. And here we are. How would you say you living here has been? I mean, there's the good and the bad with every decision. Sure. Right? Um, made great friends and I found opportunities I wouldn't have found where I was. That's awesome. I have a job where I've never been this financially stable in my life. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Ladies, I'm wealthy. Not really. <laughs> um, told you the rain with the tape. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you've seen me. I've had some issues mm-hmm. being here. Some emotional issues, relationship issues. Um, I was in a relationship for a little over three years, which ended last year. We did a long distance thing for a year, and that ended, so that was, that was rough. There's a couple other things, family stuff I'm dealing with and stuff like that. And But mostly, like, if I didn't move to Texas, I would feel like I was complacent where I was, and I feel like in 10 to 15 years, if I stayed where I was, which is content, contentment. Like, it wasn't bad, per se, right? Because I had my life together, you know, it was chill. But if I stayed there, I feel like in 15 years, I'm looking in the mirror, figuring out, like, why didn't you at least try, Mm. you know? So this is me, giving the good old college try. Well, I'm not in college, but good old try. Well, what, what you did, that decision you made, is, is quite hard, actually, if you think about it, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people... I'm very brave. I mean, I, I, I mean, you might have said that as a joke, but I agree with you. Oh, well, and I'll tell you why. Funny entry. Go ahead. Sorry, I keep cutting off. That's all right. Uh, so people will do the same thing you did. They'll look at their life, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, in 15 years, I might still be slightly unhappy and slightly unfulfilled mm-hmm. but not bad yeah not bad but if i go out and ch- try to chase my dream i'm going to get more uncomfortable than i've ever been in my life i might fail over and over again and so is that effort of going out and chasing your dream more uncomfortable than being slightly unhappy and slightly unfulfilled and you said i would rather go out potentially fall on my face Mm-hmm. and crawl myself back up, be in the trenches for a while, then live with some sort of bitterness and resentment towards myself for not doing what I wanted to do all those years ago. So that that initial step is the hardest step. So I, then I would say that you're very brave. Do you charge by the hour? Because generally I pay up front <laughs> for my therapy. Well, you can't hire me as a life coach. Plug, it's on my website, jacksonstone.net. What a narcissist. <laughs> he just plugged his own thing. I can't believe that he would do it on his what own podcast. Unbelievable. What a dude. <clears throat> and then, so, 
because the the dream that you're chasing, right, in the entertainment business of yeah. comedy, writing, producing, acting, is very similar to the trajectory of a of a professional wrestler. Mm. And so we'll get into those similarities in a second, in a bit. But I have another question based on what you said about fear. Yeah. So there's fear uh, haunts people all the time. Yeah. Right. And when you see someone do something great. It's not that they did it in like the in absence of fear. They did it despite the fear. Yeah. They move forward anyways. And so though, is for you this is it a fear of failure or a fear of success? Because they're two different things. Wow, that's a good question, man. Um I think I don't know yet. Mm. I Success terrifies me. I can't even take a compliment without making a joke. Like, right. I, I, success and positivity is not something I grew up with a whole lot. And so it, it's that's something that's like so weird. And it's just a, a weird, innate feeling I have. But fear of failure, like, I have earned every dollar I made. The car outside, I paid for every, every cent of it. It was for me. Every bit of cheap clothes I'm wearing right now. I paid for it. And I always made sure I was comfortable before making said purchases. The reason why I bring that up is because if I fail, that's also because 100% of me. So I don't think I'm scared of failing because I know what I can do. And I don't really expect to fail since I've been out here. Now, before I moved here, I was terrified of failing. I've never. Never dipped my toes in the pool before, but since I've been out here, meeting people like you give me shots, meeting people like the other uh, owners of mics and stuff and let me do gigs, meeting people like Brighton, who's the director of the film I'm acting in, meeting people like Jurgen, who let me build this company, I realize that I am talented and I don't believe in, I don't believe I'll fail. I believe I'll succeed. I believe I might change as a person. And I'm not going to like who I become. Like those are real fears because mm. you see that happen to actual people mm. who do these things. Um, but I don't think I'm scared to fail because I don't believe I will. Mm. It may take a while. Like it may take longer than expected to get where I want to be, but right. confident I'll get there. Well, well, it's impossible for you to fail now because you you started so you've already succeeded in a sense I thought you were going to say that because I was on this podcast no a million of viewers no I mean we'll bring you back on when we, when we both have uh, Jackson Stoners substantial more viewers do you have a like a fandom name I don't I'm shooting for Jackson Stoners. I mean, it is 420, so we could say it's It Jackson is 420! Jackson Stoners! Okay. In the comment section, I think we should take a vote on what the fandom should be called. <laughs> all, all 17 of us. I'm just kidding. Maybe. Who Maybe. knows? I don't know. More than mine. <clears throat> but, yeah. So it's, yeah, you, you've already done it. Everything now that you're doing is, is icing on top. So I'll give you like a, a, a hindsight view. Yeah. So I was a professional wrestler for about six years. Mm -hmm. I recently decided that I won't be actively in the ring competing as much as I used to be. Mm -hmm. And so it gives me a chance to like look at my career. And initially when I started wrestling, I only wanted to be in WWE. That was my only goal. 
people. Yeah. So if you asked me four years ago if I was a success, I would have said, no, I'm not in WWE. I haven't main event at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I'm not the world champion. Now I look at my career with all these things that have happened in my life and the new direction I'm taking. I look at my career now and I'm like, wow, that was, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. I dreamed since I was 12 years old to be a professional wrestler. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. I performed in front of people as a professional wrestler like 500 times or something like that. Yeah. Some in front of two people, some in front of over a thousand. Mm-hmm. Regardless of that, looking at it now from, you know, from the rear view mirror, it's like, wow, that's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And now if I had had that view kind of the whole time I was in the trenches with the professional wrestling, I would have probably been able to enjoy the yeah. moments a little bit better. But I was so enthralled in wanting to go to the next thing that I wanted this, I wasn't yeah. happy with what was happening. And I think that happens a lot with people who are ultra competitive, who kind of obsess over this one thing that's like mm-hmm. made them who they are. And so my identity for a long time was a baseball player and then it was a professional wrestler. There was nothing in between. Mm-hmm. I never found out who I was yeah. until I had to. Yeah. And so now I look at my career and I'm like, wow, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, the only reason I have any people following me or caring about what I do is because it was I did a professional wrestler. Yeah. Now I'm transitioning into all this other stuff and more people are coming and seeing my stuff and all of these great things. Mm-hmm. But it, it, everything was, was because of wrestling because yeah. I went out in my sparkling underwear, pre- created a fake name and just did what I loved. And so what you're doing now, you're already doing what you're, lo- you're loving. You've decided to make that leap into it. So whatever happens now is icing on top is the cake because it's beautiful regardless. I'm not crying, you're crying, dude. I'm still not crying. But <laughs> I wish I could force myself to cry. That would be perfect. There's been there's been crying on this podcast. So. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm going to stub my toe or something. No, you're absolutely right. I think the way you phrase it, like you're, you can't savor the moment because you're focusing on the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly right. I, so there was a moment at the fundraiser. Mm-hmm. It was afterwards. Um, after my part, Jack Moody came up. He was incredibly funny. He's been on this podcast. Yeah, I love him. He's so great. Much. He's the best. Um, so he, while he was up, you know, my friend Jessica mm-hmm. and Ed, they were there. They're my siblings, basically. And like Jessica, she's always like, "I wish you grab my hand." She's like, "Rena, I need you to take a deep breath right now. I'm just like, take this in." And I was like, "Thanks," because I wasn't going to. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Listen to Jack." I was having all this adrenaline. I probably was hitting on the waitress poorly. Like, and I was doing like all this other stuff where my mind wasn't like, this is cool. This is like a cool thing that happened. So, um, and I appreciate you saying that because you're absolutely right. When you get caught up in, not just a dream, but like what you feel like you're meant to do, mm. you always want to do that thing without right. taking a step back to look at what you've done already. Yeah. And that's tough. Um, I don't do that often enough. Granted, I'm still fairly new, so maybe in like a year I'll start taking a step back. But um, no, that's, I think you hit it right on the spot. On the spot, Jackson Stone, Jackson <laughs> Stoners. Because for me, it's 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 never been a fear of failure. Like if I I've always been someone. If I try, great. And if I try something, I'm doing it a one hundred percent without. And if it doesn't work out, all right, cool. Yeah. So my fear is mostly now is fear of success. Yes. I and I think it comes mostly with my nonprofit. Like, what if you are love becomes something really big, and I can't give people 
the personal touch that they need. Like if I can't, like if it's not like me, like mm-hmm. it's it, it's so personal to me that if it becomes something bigger, then yeah. like I feel like it loses it. I don't know. This is like a, a fear that I think about all the time. And like, I want to reach more people. I want to help as many people as humanly possible, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to have that personal connection with the people that are reaching out to yeah. us and asking for help. Like, I'm helping you. This is because I care. Yeah. And this is what the organization, like, and so, I don't know. You know, and I I, I know there'll be a time where I can't respond to every single comment. It's physically impossible. And yeah. that also bothers me because... I care so deeply about the people who take time out of their day to watch this or listen to this. And I'm like, I want you to know that. I want you to hear from me. I want to hear from you. Like, and, and I have a fear that it will become impossible, which it will, because that's just how this is going to go. Yeah. And so that kind of sometimes keeps me up at night. Do you think, let's say this evolves a few years later and you're no longer doing a podcast in your living room and you have an actual podcast studio or something like that. Right. Like, things are going well. Right. Right? Do you think success is as a, as a chance to warp you? Because that's my biggest fear. Because, mm-hmm. like, I get big enough and I'm no longer Reno Ramirez. I'm, like, Reno and it's, like, just that. Like, that's... Like, I'm a character 24-7 now. I'm no longer me. Yeah. That's... Does that, does that phase you? Sometimes. Yeah. Because when I was... When my only goal was to be in WWE, mm-hmm. I I only wanted to be famous. Yeah. That was it. I wanted fame. Yeah. I wanted fame. I wanted WrestleMania. I wanted then for people just to give me acting opportunities. Mm-hmm. I just wanted fame. Yeah. And now, like, looking into it, looking into fame, looking into the person behind that, like, they deeply struggle, too. They have the same feelings, thoughts, emotions yeah. as everyone else does. They just happen to have a really cool job that people yeah. see is, is cool. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think being a plumber is fucking cool because yeah. I've had them come over to my house and fix things that I have no fucking idea how to fix. And, yeah. just like, boom, boom, bah, bah, bah. and I think that's sick. It is. And like someone fixing my car. If my car breaks down, I don't know what to do yeah. at all. And it becomes this like machine that I don't get. Yeah. When it works and it's going well, I'm like, oh, I know how to do a car. Yeah. But when it breaks down, I'm like, what? Yeah. Why is that person not applauded? Right? And mm-hmm. so then we look at these people in the entertainment space and they struggle with the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And so now my... I, I don't want to be famous at all. That that word is removed from my vocabulary. Yeah. If I become more influential, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Because I'll still be posting the exact same stuff. I don't really want to change from doing this podcast in my living room. Yeah. Because this is where I live, and this is where I think about things the most, and this yeah. is where I want to have my friends and people that I care about, or random people, come over to my house and have a conversation, and. I've also decided that this podcast will never have ads. Yeah. Ever. If people want to support the podcast, they can go to Patreon. If not, this podcast will be ad-free forever. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm dumping money out of my pocket for the rest of my life to get this edited, to get the camera, I'll do it because mm-hmm. it's that important to me. And so I care about just doing it. Yeah. And it being real and raw. And when people see this podcast and if they see this podcast and they meet me in person in real life, then I'm, they feel like I'm the same. Yeah. And that's really important to me. So I, I care about being influential, mm-hmm. about influencing people with my work and my content so that more people can feel uplifted the way yeah. I do. More people can feel inspired the way I've felt inspired by the stuff that I've read and listened to. And so I think about that more often than 
it, it changing me because I used to be someone that I um, that I'm not proud of. Yeah, you know, in college and a little bit of my pro wrestling career, I've done things, said things, acted a way that I'm not proud of, and yeah. I'm very open with that. And so I don't want to be that person anymore. So that kind of scares me. Maybe reverting back to some of these old ways. Yeah, that I've I've basically transformed myself. Yeah. And so that, that I think is, if that answers part of your question. It does. I, no, I get it. I used to be a person, I was completely opposite. I mean, the jokes were still there, but a little more hateful. Like, I was a really rude dick in college. A lot of rude stuff, bad stuff. But, like, I don't know. I talk about, like, what I do with, like, my mom and stuff like that. And she always jokes around, like, Rena's going to come home in a Lambo and stuff like that. Which... I can't drive stick, so probably not. But, um, I can't either. I can't do it. I, my, I just talked about the car. My first car was a 99 Honda Civic. Sweet. And I was, I don't know, 20, I was 17. I got my license late. And that was standard. And I drove it for about six months until I got an actual car that normal people drive. I judge people with stick shifts. I think they're ridiculous. I think they're <laughs> unnecessary. Like... There's so much talent, though. They, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. People can drive a standard without any qualms. I, they can fuck off. They're <laughs> so talented, and, like, the, all their brain can work all at once. I imagine they're solving, like, algebra in their head as they're doing it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. But anyways, I don't know where I was going. I was went off on a joke tangent. You talked about your mom. Oh, I tell my mom that I'm going to come home, like, with a Lambo. She'll say that to me come on with Lambo and stuff like that. And uh, and she'll just put all these like, huge, glamorous thoughts. And I, when I told her about this acting gig, she was like super excited about it. She said, I'm so happy for you. You're going to be big, name on billboards, which less billboards, more like Instagram stories, but like, you know, same thing. Yeah, same and, thing. Um, and it's scary because like, you know, the reason why I am the way I am is from like shitty beginnings, right? If I continue to succeed, which I think I am, and in manner of speaking, baby steps, mm -hmm. if I continue to go the way in 10 years from now when um, I wear, you know, rings that I don't have to tape up, it, it'd be like, I don't know if I'll still be me. And that's what terrifies That's me. your fear. That's, I, I think I'm talented. I think I'm special in a way that people... Like, there's a lot of things I suck at. There's a lot more things I suck at than I'm good at. That's being human. But I think what I'm good at is something super cool. And it's something I've always been proud of. And I've always wanted to use. But the only reason why I'm good at this thing is because of how I was brought up. Regardless of how many issues there were there. So, once success, if success hits me the way I want it to, it may not. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it may not. Um, like, what if I'm no longer me? And that's terrifying. That's actually scary. Like, or is me? What if I become even more shallow than I am now? And only baby women are at 6'3 or above. <laughs> so I'm very short, and I want D1 babies. Uh, so they got to compensate. So I'm talking Statue of Liberty height, Brittany Griner. I don't know how tall Ryan Reynolds is, but I don't care. He seems tall. If I have to look up, I'll call it good. Um, 
That's about it. But yeah, no, that's all day. You, I'm six two. Dude, Reed can kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Reed yeah. can actually whoop me, dude. Shout out to Big Dog. Um, is that what you call her? Yeah, that's what I call her. Dang. I call her Big Dog. She calls me Big Dog. Were you guys in prison together? Is that like... He just like came out one day when we were hanging out, and I was like, she, she just kind of liked it. And then, yeah. I don't know. So that's, what our, that's what our names are. Reed, there's enough room for Jesus, I promise. <laughs> no, I was kidding. She, she, she's lovable. Yeah, um, and she loves you. Good, I love her too. I think she's great. I was talking to Kat, this mutual friend, Kat. Or no, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody. And um, and we were talking about like that whole girl group. I was like, you know who I don't hang out with enough? Just in the girls. Like, re- I don't see her often. Because, you know, she's with you. She yeah. has a whole life, whatever. That's cool. But no, she's really fun. She's amazing. Um, biased. But, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's only made my life and like exponentially better so, since I met her. That's hefty. And when this episode comes out, which will be May 17th, we're recording it on 420. We'll have known each other and been together for like a year. Yeah. Because we matched on Hinge in May. Was it Hinge? I was going to ask. I was about to ask what yeah. it was. Yeah, so amazing. Dang. It seems like time has flown by, man. Congrats, man. That's sick, dude. Thank you. Way to be. Congrats, Reed. Um, but no, to answer your question, yeah, fear, fear of success is the most scary thing I, I think I've ever dealt with. One of the most scary things. There's a Sean Mendez song, you know, the musical artist, the philosopher. <laughs> He kind of is. <laughs> He's one of my favorite artists. I love Sean Mendes. I think his music is amazing. But I, in one of his songs, he talks about how he, he hopes his friends forgive him for not having as much time for them. Right? Because yeah. he seems like a genuine, yeah. nice dude. And he got hella famous uh-huh. at like early age because he has a beautiful voice and his lyrics are really, like, they speak from his heart. Yeah. He's grown up to be like, through all that fame seemed to be like really down to earth and kind and he says in his songs like I hope my friends like forgive me because I yeah. don't have as much time for them anymore and these are people that he grew up with and mm-hmm. he loves and he cares about yeah. it's not that he's a different person he's mm-hmm. probably very much the same I would yeah. imagine when they hang out he's probably just shit yeah. the shit yeah. like everyone does yeah. you know but he doesn't have as much time for them because he is what he is and that that also scares me because I absolutely love my circle of friends mm-hmm. like they're the people that mean the absolute most to me. None of them live in this state. My best, best, best friends. We really? all play college baseball together. And then none of them live in the state. And so that's like a really conscious effort that we see each other at least a couple times a year that we have Zoom and Skype calls and yeah. we have texting. And like, I don't want to not be able to yeah. do that. And I don't want to not have enough like space in my heart to ask them how they're doing because mm-hmm. I'm doing so much other stuff. Yeah. And that also like weighs me down sometimes. No, that's crazy. Like, you know, I told you I was on the phone with my friend Ed here. Yeah. He was telling me he wants to move down to Texas and play now. I was like, dude, that's great. I want you. I'll help you pack and everything. But I want you to know, this next couple of years, I'm gonna be busy. Yeah. So like, that's crazy, man. No, that's scary. Um, a couple times a year, what state? Oh, they they play professional now. Or? Um, well, two of them play pro ball, but now they're all doing different jobs. So cool. One lives in Cali, one lives in Colorado, one lives in Chicago, one lives in South, two live in South Dakota still, and one lives in Seattle. So they're everywhere. That's everywhere. Bro. Damn. <laughs> All of them have been on this podcast multiple times. Dang. And, you know, my buddy, my best buddy, Al, he's getting married in August, so we'll all be together for his wedding. Like, That's exciting. I'm the best man. I've been thinking about my speech 
well, every time I drive, I think about the speech. Like, yeah. What am I going to say? And I'm someone who's not going to write anything down. I'm just going to speak from my heart. Yeah. Which is what I do a lot when I do like presentations and mm-hmm. lectures and stuff. I have a general theme of whatever, but what I've been thinking about a lot. It's like really, it's, it's like quite an honor. It means a lot to me. It's a huge honor, dude. Congrats on yeah. that. Congrats. What's his name? His name's Alex Robbins. Alex Robbins. Congratulations from one of the stoners. <laughs> That's the perfect uh, That's perfect day for that name to catch on, eh? I didn't even realize what day it was. That's yeah. not my that's not my world. Yeah, if you're either. watching if you're watching my employer or my yeah, my employer if you're watching me on this and strictly water. <laughs> with a sweet cup. What's read it? Oh, that's so sweet. You're awesome. Keep that shit up. I feel like there should be like a snap at the end. Yeah. Like Lizzo said it. A good friend of mine named Milan got that for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Milan? Milan. Where's she from? She was at the fundraiser. She saw you perform. Oh, I, I apologize, Milan, for watching this <laughs> shitty. I'm, oh, man, I'm terrible with names. Last Saturday, I went out with some of the peeps, and there's this. Yeah, I saw you. One of the. That's right. I saw you at Trucker, right? No. No, um, Ice House. At Ice House, yeah. But afterwards, we met up at, like, Primo's and walked down, and then one of the girls in that, like, Remembered my name or remembered me from it. And number one, I love that. That was awesome. Please do that. Even if you have to lie, do that. But uh, I feel bad that I don't know her name. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe it was Milan. Give me one of these cups, Milan. Freaking jerk. You didn't bring me a gift. <clears throat> With square words on it. Profanity. But anyways, I want to uh, I want to circle back a little bit. Oh, yeah, my bad. What's up? To um, your relationship with your mom. Mm. What's that like today? Uh, it's better than what it has been. Mm. So, I'm going to keep like a long story short because I don't want to take up the whole time with it. I am not, I am a family person. I love family. I am not close with my immediate family. Mm. I haven't been. Uh, my father and I are dropping out without term, whatever. We haven't talked in years, three years or something like that. Before then, it was we talked about a year, and then it was years before that. Uh, my mom, who I call my mom, she's a lovely woman, fantastic. Nicole, shout out. Uh, she's my unbiological mother. Okay. I'm a, I'm I'm from the system. I'm adopted, as the cool kids say. I don't know if you heard that lingo yet, but <laughs> I'm on TikTok. Um, but no, so Nicole, who's my unbiological mom, I call her my mom. She's been around since I was three words but uh we had a falling out that was the term falling out we had a falling out too a couple years ago because the whole thing but um she recently got diagnosed with uh cancer pancreatic cancer and she's doing well she's not like she's, she's doing well she's on chemo um but she had, before that she had a lot of medical issues and stuff like that fibromyalgia, other big words, um, words with too many syllables. And, but like when this hit, I realized like I need to put, and that's kind of, this is about a year ago, and I, this is a growing thing. I need to put all hatred I have for anything aside because number one, you don't need it. It's not worth anything. And number two, like, it is a good sign that like you never know when someone can leave you. Mm-hmm. At, a, 
and is the last thing you told that person the thing you want to be the last thing you told that person. Mm -hmm. So the relationship with my mom has gotten better uh, after not speaking for, for a long time. Um, I actually went down to Oklahoma for a couple weeks this year to help her, you know, hang out. Um, you know, yeah, we looked at uh, we looked at some wig stuff and I kept calling her bald. I made a couple bald jokes. I wrote a couple like my mom has cancer jokes for stand up, and I told her those jokes before I went on stand up, and she laughed really hard. She was like, "You say I'm so like I would go perform them, um, and then I got like, here I'll tell you the joke." Um, <laughs> okay. So recently we found out my mom, or my mom's recently been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and the doctors are stumped. Like we don't understand how she got it because she was born in November. A little astrology joke out there. Oh, she was Scorpion. oh, Freaking. oh. Anyways. Um, oh, I, I get it. I get it. It's not funny when you say I get it three times. Well, if that's, that's not the the astrology signs are not really my forte. Look, man, it's only a little hurtful. But I only fine. I only know uh, do you know what a you little are? bit about a little bit, and that's not part of. Do the you game. know what you are? Uh, I think I'm a Gemini. See, I'm a Scorpio, and I don't know if this is law, but Twitter rules all. They say Gemini Scorpio man are the worst. I can't tell you why, but. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we were made to be villains, you know? Jackson Stone. I don't have a name in the movie that I'm in, but I am a villain. Anyways, uh, no, so like, I, me and my mom, we got close-ish. I went down there for a while, and now like, you know, we call every two days to check up on her, how she does, how, she, how her chemo's going, and stuff like that. She's fine, she got a new wig. She got her weaves in. She's like a Tyler Perry movie, just mm -hmm. a different wig every day. Yeah. Looking cool. That's about it. That got real, dude. I have a challenging question for you. Yeah, you asked some challenging one. Go for it. Yeah, shoot. If your mom passed away today, how would you feel about the relationship you have with her currently? Dang. You guys about to see some pit stains. Um. My life is a work in progress. Mm -hmm. My relationships with everybody, you, everyone I meet is a work in progress. Yeah. If oh mama passed away today and I got the phone call, at first I'm gonna break down and cry, like a little nerdy boy I am. And then after that, I'm not gonna be happy with the relationship I have with her now, but I will be happy knowing that she knows that I love her Mm -hmm. and I know that she loves me and we didn't have to hold each other's hand while she was passing away so the relationship is not great it's not even close to being great I'm going to be completely honest I, I have been not the best son and I don't want to kick her walking down but I don't believe she's been the best mom but she's never disrespected me she's never hurt me she's never she's always had my back same, vice versa. So I would I wouldn't be happy with the relationship, but I'm not gonna be sad about it. I won't dwell on it because I know what's important. We love each other. She knows that. I know that. There's nothing else that needs to be said. There's no more apologies. Everything's forgiven on both ends of the uh, both ends of the war. Right? 
all my flags are up. So, you know, there's going to be things I would want to change, things I would want to send, sure. Yeah, but you want that now while she's still here. Yeah, but... You can't, you can't change, you can't change what happened. You can't change what happened. You can only move forward with it. And that's why I don't bring up the past, you know. We've forgiven each other and now we just talk about... I don't know, she's seen everything on Netflix, so we'll like watch it, or we'll talk about the newest season of Peaky Blinders or something like that. I need to watch that one. I've never seen it. I just lie to her. Uh, she's not watching this. She doesn't know. She's going to watch it. Dude, she's a stoner. She is a stoner, actually. She'd be smoking the gun. she get a card when you're in chemo. I told her she turns into a little pothead. Oh, because yeah, in Oklahoma, you just see a medical card. Right? Yeah, a medical card or like a bigger backyard. <laughs> Oklahoma is the most, like, nonchalant they do they don't give a shit i've been pulled over and this is not a flex i don't flex like obviously ever but like i've been pulled over within the last five years probably like six seven times for minorly speeding it's like five ten miles over something like that or something stupid and and they just let it go they don't care no one cares about anything people shoot guns in their backyard ride horses down the street Eat Brahms three meals a day. No, they don't care about anything. Anyway, Brahms, Brahms is awesome. Yeah, but not three meals a day. That's that's oh, that's filling up your arteries and your stomach, dude. That's bad. Um, no, my my mom. Uh, what was the question again? I went on a joke tangent again and I blacked out. Yeah, too many jokes came up. I apologize. I do that sometimes with serious situations. I can't help. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. All right. I don't remember no, I just wondered, I was just asking you a very serious question, because I think about that a lot with, like, the loved ones we have, you know, passing away, yeah, and the relationship we have with them, and, and cultivating precious moments that we have now with them, mm-hmm. and assuming that people are doing the best they can with what they were given, even if they didn't do the job that we thought they could have done, they were probably still doing the best that they could. Yeah. And thinking about how precious life is, and usually we don't start to think about how precious life is until it punches us in the fucking face. Yeah. That was for me. Yeah, absolutely right. I'm only speaking from personal experience because I don't want to preach to anyone about anything. I just want to tell you that that's how I felt. Yeah. And feel. And that's why this conversation, these conversations are yeah. the most important. So that's why I asked you that question. Not to put you on the spot or oh, that's fine. make you uncomfortable, but... I don't think I've been challenged like that before in my life. Um, you know. You said something that I resonated with, and then you said to put me on the spot, and I immediately went to a joke, and it's like, a, I can't help it. Yeah. It just come out of my dumb mouth, but... Um, no. Oh, I was going to say... Um, Five years ago, I was sitting down with my then girlfriend, we're watching TV. Mm-hmm. I get a phone call, my grandmother passed away. She was old, she was going through a lot of illnesses, you know, she was hooked up dialysis every every night, you know. She honestly mentally she wasn't there for like a year. So it wasn't like like were we sad, yeah, but we're also happy, like pain is gone, mm-hmm. you know? It's one of those one of those types of death with probably the easiest for the family, the hardest for the person that died. Right. But um, when that happened, 
I remember breaking down completely. And that was one of the reasons why I decided to move here and everything, because she's always been, again, another person I had a really rocky relationship with. And I always told her, you know, like, I'm going to make it one day. And she was my biggest supporter, even though we had this rocky relationship. And it's made me feel like no matter what happened between her and I, I know that she's going to support me from wherever she's at. Mm. She's a bigger joker than I am, so she might be down there too. Who knows? Uh, but, I'm just kidding. But, uh, this is what she did. My 16th birthday, mm -hmm. huge birthday. How old are you right now? 26, okay. 10 years ago. Um, 16th birthday, huge birthday at my grandmother's parent, uh, my grandmother's house, all my family here, some friends, everything, and she's like, all right, time to unbox gifts, Rena, I was like, all right, great, sweet, sick, free stuff, so she gives me this small box, mm -hmm. like, yay, which I go, and I open it, and back then, I was, like, shy, I was nervous, I was scared to talk in high school, like, talking to cool dudes like you, or, like, pretty girls, like, I couldn't do it, so, being in front of people was hard for me back mm -hmm. then, so, Everyone's watching. I open it. It's a box of Magnum condoms. And I'm <laughs> blushing so hard. And of course, as any good grandkid's going to say, like, Grandma, I don't need these. She goes, yeah, I know. I brought the receipt. And I was like, <laughs> what a bitch, dude. Everyone's laughing the whole house. I'm, like, blushing, dude. I went from brown to pink in, like, 0.2 seconds. Oh, so my gosh. That's the type of person she was. Um, and a lot of my sense of humor comes from her. Yeah. And she's a huge prankster. Um, but anyways, so like, we had a rock relationship at the end of her life, but she was also my biggest supporter, so that made me realize, like, no matter, like, how much, like, I fight somebody that I know that loves me, at the end of the day, the love is still there. And if I ever needed them, or if they ever needed me, they just had to make one call. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's when I started to told myself I have to start changing it because I can't hold on to grudges anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't do that because people out there, you know, I don't want to depend on that, on the implication of love. I want to show it. Yeah. Be a good friend. Be a good son. Be a good cousin. Be a great lover. Magnum condoms, ladies. Um, no, I'm just kidding. That's a dream. But that's also a terrible joke, dude. I can't help it, man. You put me on a serious pod. I know. <laughs> I knew this was gonna happen. And you got me making jokes on accident. All right, what do you got next? I like this. I've never had like set notes beforehand. We do like a game. We'll do like uh, like we did this game was uh, it's a quiz game. So it's multiple choice. The fourth answer is always a funny joke. So like when Joe Exotic's Tiger King show came out, we did one, and like one of them was like one of the questions I wrote would be like, what is the most popular them, uh, exotic pet in the US? And it'd be like an alligator, it'd be like an owl, fennec fox, and the fourth one would be like BTS fans or something like that. Yeah. It was always something stupid. And, but I never had notepads with like interview questions and stuff, dude. You're professional. Yeah, I just, I just like to jog down some topics. Usually I don't need it because we, we start to get going and, it's yeah. pretty, and the conversation becomes organic. Yeah. But I have three things to say before you just said. One, there's a famous saying that holding a grudge is like injecting yourself with poison and expecting it not to kill you. Sean Mendes. Someone, someone famous. Someone important. And number two, it's funny you say that about your grandma, mm -hmm. because my grandpa, mm -hmm. he sent me a box of condoms 
and a book on how to pick up women because he, he, <laughs> he was worried about me. <laughs> that's really funny. And, uh, yeah, so that's hilarious that both of our uh, grandparents did that. Yeah. And third, I had something. Oh, third was, you mentioned Joe Exotic. Yeah. Also hilarious because I wrestled at his compound. Did you really? In front of tigers. More tigers than people. Who are you, dude? Like, you, what? This lived in an unbelievable life. What? Yeah, I wrestled at his How old are you? I'm 29. I turned 30 in June. God. It was actually a very strange weekend. So I think it was on on a Friday night. It was in uh, Oklahoma, right? Yeah. So on Friday, we, we drive to Oklahoma. Me and my buddy named Bam Bam. We were tag team partners. I think on Friday night, we did this show at a barn mm-hmm. in front of a family of four. That's it. <laughs> husband, wife, two kids. And it was a okay. legit barn. Yeah. Like, so when you get out of the ring, it's dirt around the ring. And it uh-huh. was just like a ring and we wrestled. And I was like six months into my independent professional wrestling career. And I thought, like, this is, this is normal, right? This, yeah. this is what people, I thought this was what people did. And I guess that's what they did. So I did it. The next night, yeah. we drove to Joe Exotic's compound. He wasn't famous then. He just had a zoo. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, oh, we wrestled at a barn one night. We're wrestling yeah. at a zoo the next night. And, we got to like tour the compound and see all the animals, which was cool. And then there was the wrestling show, just in the middle of the like the area. And yeah. he had like the like fireworks set up on the <laughs> stage, and like there was an entrance way and a ramp, and there was like tigers surrounding the thing. And there were some people there, yeah. and yeah, like when the, his show came out, I posted about that that I did a show for him on Twitter because I totally forgot about it. Yeah, like and I was just sitting in my house like. Looking at Netflix, I was like, I feel like I know that. <laughs> like I didn't remember totally, but I, was like, I feel like I know that guy. Yeah, and I did like three shows with him, three or four shows with him, and and so I tweeted about that I was there, and then I got like a bunch of messages from Vice wanting to interview me, and it was like this wild. Dude, and, yeah, that's sick, man. Wrestling in front of tigers, what an audience! Wild, dude. And that happened in like two thousand and fifteen. You're six, 15 or 16 years. Six months in, you were saying? And I just, like, didn't know what I was doing. And, yeah. yeah wrestling a zoo for a creepy life. Like, getting paid 20 bucks, right? To yeah. barely wrestle. Yeah. You know, whatever. But that was cool. It's like, when I, when I look back at now, I'm like, wild times, dude. That's a sick time. That's also kind of terrifying. But, I mean, you're a big, strong guy, but you can't outfight a tiger. No, shot. Um... Yeah, and then moving from that to wrestling all over Europe in front of thousands of people, like it's a wild, it's a wild deal. All over Europe? Yeah. I'm Reno Ramirez. Apparently, I've never met you before. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! What? Yeah, I don't like talk about like my. That's just like I'm just, that would be my opener every time I met anyone in the world. Hey, what's up? I'm Aaron. I've wrestled everywhere in Europe, so buy me a drink. <laughs> uh, that's funny. You say that because I just started doing jujitsu, of course, like two months ago, uh, and I, it's awesome. I love it. I love something that's really hard and makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was trying to go as long as I could at this training school without telling anyone that I was mm-hmm. a professional wrestler named Jackson Stone. And like two days ago, my professor, like the black belt who teaches, it's called a professor. He found out. He was like fired up asking all these <laughs> questions, and talking about WrestleMania, and I was Dang. like, "Yeah, so it's it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool gig." But speaking of that, it falls right into you know my next segue of this kind of 
on this quest you're on. Mm -hmm. Right? Clearly, you started using comedy as a coping mechanism. Clearly. Thanks for using that word. Yeah, clearly. But <laughs> it... Well, I mean, we have to have something. Right? No, you're absolutely right. We need it something just, to, to help us deal with what's happening. Yeah. And comedy still does that for loads of people. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, the comedians that are performing now have material to talk about because yeah. they've lived a life. Mm -hmm. um, and so then it moved past something into something that you actually wanted to pursue. Yeah. When was that? When did you figure that out? Uh, no one's ever asked me that. So I was with some friends in college. It was a long time ago. First, where'd you go to college? East Central University. Okay. Go Tigers. Not Joe Exotic Tigers. What years were you there? I was there from 20... 13 to 2018. It's like I'm a three-time dropout. I'm, I'm the king of being a terrible student. Did you graduate? No. No, 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 not at all. Uh, I just never went to, I used to hang out with a really wrong crew before I met a really good crew, but by then it was like, it was already like way too late. Mm -hmm. uh, but the good crew I hung out with, uh, I, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of musicians in Oklahoma talented, way more talented in their field than I'll ever be in my field. Very talented people. And um, those were the people I had those 2 a.m. conversations I was talking to you about. Yeah. And I realized, like, you know what would be cool? What if I started writing emotional pieces? Because before this, I wrote, you know, song parodies. Um, I wrote, like like parody commercial like spoof commercials and i'll write like just co comedic sketches which were funny and like really successful but right i didn't realize i wanted to start like acting i didn't realize i just want to start like writing drama scenes blogging and all this other stuff until recently um hey joel it's 420 and he he okay. uh used the name that you like to use for the fan club no, Stoners! Speaking of which, do you have any? Because that's what I'm going out to look for. Right? Oh, God. Look for is a, is, a, is a solid word. You just like go in a bush and hope to find something. <laughs> yeah, I'm texting people. <laughs> no, I don't have any. I'm sorry, pal. <laughs> if I knew, I would have brought some. I have bushes near my place. And, uh, that, and that'll be kept in. That'll be kept in. Okay. Well, I don't have any employers. <laughs> um, anyways, what was I saying? College, oh, a good group of people. You're writing parodies. Yeah, very smart. Pe these are very smart, creative people, uh, and I like to surround myself with people that are smarter than me and more creative than me because it pushed me to do so. So these people did that, and I started writing pieces. For example, stuff when that comes out, um, along with a couple other pieces. Um, I have a blog out and stuff like that, which is on my Instagram, random underscore anthem. Just found it up there. Uh, stoners and it'll be it'll be all be in the show notes. Show oh, sorry, I didn't use a technical term. Um, but yeah, no, that's when I started. I was in college, and I was like, I, I feel like I can do more than just be the funny guy. Mm -hmm. Which that's cool. There's a spot for it, but yeah, like, but there's a there's a large transition from just being the guy in your group who makes jokes to mm -hmm. saying I want to pursue this career. Oh yeah. Um, and you, you made that decision. Yeah. And I don't think I made it. I think I, I think like I, I can't help but make jokes. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's an innate thing. I, it's, it's one of those things where like when you do it enough times, you're like, oh shit, I should do that forever. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's just, I made that decision, sure, but like, I think that decision was pre-made when it started, you know, when I started maturing, growing up, yeah. whatever. So, mm. all that good stuff. I like making people laugh. I get one person smile, chuckle a day. Amazing. Even some pity laugh. I'll take a pity laugh. I don't have to know. But, um, no, I love it. And then when was the first time that you got in front of people and did a set? So, my first time ever, I was 19. Whoa. Um, I went to this bar in Muskogee. I had to do a little red or black X on my hand so I couldn't drink and anything. I was on stage. And that's actually the first and only time I ever bombed. I did a joke, and I don't necessarily remember the joke word for word, but the joke was about how we look up to these football players as our modern day gladiators, but we make fun of Peter Pan, even though they wear the same clothes. <laughs> and, and in my mind, it's a funny joke, but like the way I delivered it was terrible. Mm. And there's just a bunch of drunk old dudes in there, and like, I don't think any of them, like, I think they were like mad, like, He's talking bad about our football and like stuff like that. Mm. So like it bombed and then I started laughing because it was awkwardly quiet. Right. And then they started looking at me like a psychopath because <laughs> I'm over there like, what was was this kid laughing at? No one's, nothing's happening. So that was the first time. And then there's like, uh, maybe the discrepancy between times. You know, I was in a long term relationship and I jumped back into it a couple years ago. And here I am now. And that's the Jackson Stone podcast. Yeah, I gotta get close to the mic. How often are you performing now? Past month, I haven't because of the two films I'm in. Right. Like I got like rehearsals like three times a week and stuff like that's that. That's super cool. Um, yeah, I, I'm, and I'm very lucky and privileged. Thank you so much, Brighton. Um, but, and then the stuff I'm shooting, like I'm working on that stuff too. So, happens last month, but typically about three times a week, we go on a weekday, open mic, yeah. hit a couple. We'll work on stuff I just wrote, work on old stuff, or just go out there and talk and see if I can do some crowd work. <clears throat> the the um, the pathway to you know perceived success mm -hmm. as a professional wrestler and as a comedian is very, very same. Yeah, I agree. Because you start off, no one knows who you are. Mm -hmm. You're taking whatever gigs you can get for zero money or very, very little money. Like fighting in the zoo. Yeah, like fighting in the zoo. <laughs> and then you just like slowly work your way up, right? Yeah. And you gotta get better gigs and more people know who you are yeah. and you get paid a little bit better. And, but the hours remain the same. Mm -hmm. The hours are still very hard. Yeah. You know? Wrestling shows are only Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. So, and the comedy shows are only at night. Yeah. And, but what's really cool about both professions is that when you're doing the actual performance, you get instant feedback. Yes. That and that's really yeah, cool. Right, yeah. It can it can be absolutely horrifying in the moment. Yeah. Like, because if I don't do a move correctly, I miss a spot, mm -hmm. and it looks clearly obvious that this is how far away my punch was from your face. Yeah. Which we, all of us as pro wrestlers have done. It's yeah. Hard. It's hard, you know, to get super close to someone, not hit them, and make yeah. it look like they got hit. They're selling it. I uh -huh. threw the punch correctly, had the right emotion on my face, and everything was done in the moment with perfect execution. Yeah. That's wickedly hard. Mm -hmm. And fans are, at these small shows, fans are very close to you. Yeah. Like when you go to a WWE event, no one is close to you. Yeah, they're eight feet away. Right? Yeah, and so there. you get instant feedback. Mm -hmm. If I did a cool move or I cheered, cheered really loud or I had good emotion on my face and I drew a little kid in and I, he knew I was hurt and he was like cheering me on, get up. You know, I get yeah. instant feedback. You can either take that or not. 
Mm-hmm. If you're a good performer and you care about what you're doing, you're going to look at everything as feedback. Yeah. You're going to be like, mm, I could have tweaked that in the moment. Yeah. Uh, that could, I can do better next time. Mm-hmm. But you also have to throw shit against the wall and see if it, it works. Yeah. I don't know that I can throw a really good suplex unless I do it in front of people. Yeah. And it could fall flat. Yeah. But then I know next time I'll never do that move again. Mm-hmm. Because as a professional wrestler, I can hide all of my weaknesses. If I don't know how to do an arm drag, you're never going to know that. Because I'm never going to perform it in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. If, you know, And the same with the joke, right? Yeah. You have a set of jokes that you want to try. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get this big set. You have a 15-minute set coming up soon, mm-hmm. so you're, you're trying some jokes here. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that mm, yeah. mm. You can tell right away. It yeah. will give you the instant reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what's like thoughts on that? No, I agree. I think, well, that's any performance art type of job. You know, actors comedians, poets, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I've got people who write like slam poetry, friends who write slam poetry. I love stuff. slam poetry. It's so cool. My buddy, I, I, I'll say tell that in a second. Okay. Um, it's so cool. But no, um, for example, the, the joke about my mom having cancer, that was me trying a dark humor joke. I don't write dark humor jokes. That's not like where I'm at. Usually I'm very, it's more uh, observational humor. Yeah. And I just make fun of the dating world. I make fun of what I see. You know, I make fun of just different things. I'm writing a joke about like height supremacy, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, it's just what I notice. And then, so like, I went upstairs and I said the cancer joke. I did not go over well. I was like, <laughs> all right, well, now I found out that is not where I live. Right. So, the same way we do the suplex, you know, it's just that's any creative form of profession, like in art, if, you, if you're a painter. If you're if you used to doing uh, landscapes and you try something abstract and then you just don't sell the abstract, maybe don't do abstract to sell. Maybe right. just do it for fun. And that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's kind of it for. I think when it comes to performance art stuff, I think the scariest bit is trying new stuff. Yeah. I think a lot of like. That's gonna sound really dumb. But a lot of YouTubers and TikTokers, like, I know they struggle because they only get views from a certain type of video. Yeah. But believe it or not, a YouTuber and a TikToker, regardless of you hate him or not, if you hate Logan Paul, he's still an artist. He's on YouTube. He's making content. That right. is a form of art. Yeah. You may hate his art, and that's totally fair. It's all about freedom of of uh thought, I guess. I don't know where I was going with that, but it's all about the freedom to pick your opinions on a certain art. He is an artist. Mm-hmm. Now, these artists may only get views from a certain type of art, mm-hmm. and now they're pigeonholed to do it. So trying new stuff is terrifying, especially if it back, uh, backlashes. Backfires. Backfires. Thank you, dude. Dude, two Ps. Anyways, um, backfires on you really bad because now, what if not only did you realize you can't do that new thing, but also people hated it so much that losing followers mm-hmm. and are losing views and losing like just people is, is like not supportive people but your fans and so I think for anyone like yourself like me and other creatives out there in the world who's trying to do best profession it's ter- I, that's one scary thing is being pigeonholed yeah Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel Air right. Alfonso something. He said he could not get another acting gig because once he did Carlton, he was not able to get any serious acting gigs because of that character. Wow. And he was just stuck. He got a job at Dancing with the Stars to do that dance move, basically. And he was complaining. But he was like, it was a job. 
And like he doesn't need money because that show did so well. Like he's getting royalties every year, but but he's his passion is acting. He yeah. wants to act, and now he can't do it because now when you see him, you don't think of the this person he's portraying. You think of that person, Carlton. Yeah, I mean that has to happen with all of these actors who play these massive monumental roles that last long periods of time. You think like Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter. Yeah. Right. He's he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But nothing that is. And I, I don't know actually, but nothing that's hit like Harry Potter. Yeah. Like that's a global phenomenon. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So that's hard because you want to land those mm-hmm. amazing roles. You yeah. want to land those life changing roles. Mm-hmm. But you are creative and yeah. you want to be able to express in multiple domains. Joaquin Phoenix said no to a couple like Marvel movies, like no to like lead characters for like six movie contracts mm-hmm. because he says he doesn't want to be pigeonholed to be that type of person. Mm-hmm. It's like once you become like a Marvel hero, now you're just an action hero. Look at Ryan Reynolds. I'm madly in love with him, sure, and that's basically an award in itself. But uh, he does basically the same movie, a similar movie, action comedies, mm-hmm. whatever. And so now he is kind of, maybe he loves to do it. And if he loves to do it, more power to him. If that's his niche mm-hmm. and he loves to do that, it's awesome. But that's what you see him as. So um, I'm not sure with wrestling, but like that's something like, well, maybe like if John Cena, he was a villainous character when he started. Very first, when he started rapping. Yeah, he was a rapper. And yeah. then he became the same character. Yeah. His whole career, because that's what yeah. he was. That's, you know. And then he was happy with that. But like, not a lot of people get to do that. Right. Yeah. So that's really... Well, I think of Matthew McConaughey when that when you bring that up, because I was, yes, I was, okay, listening, a good one. I was listening to him talk, because I, I like listening to him talk a lot, uh-huh. and I like his new book, and I like when he's on podcasts, but he was talking about how, you know, he was a romantic comedy guy. Mm-hmm. He's handsome. Yeah. He's, he did a good job playing those roles, but he yeah. was like, I'm done with these roles, and he was offered multi-million dollar contracts mm-hmm. over and over and over again to play these romantic comedy roles. Yeah. And he was sticking to his values. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not doing this until I get a serious movie role yeah. so I can show people that I'm a serious actor because that's what I want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to cre- create this thing. Yeah. And I want to be a dynamic actor, someone who can play multiple roles yeah. and lose weight or gain weight or fall into this character or whatever it is. And he showed that. He's done yeah. some amazing movies now. I agree. And now he just is a, seems like an incredible guy. He's, I love, that's a great call. I saw that podcast we were talking about. Yeah. I watched it. And it's, it's great. I don't know what the name of the movie, but he got that studio sent him four different contracts. Really? Up in the up in the mouth they're going to pay every time. Him. Every time he said no, every time because it's hard because like you don't want to say no to a paycheck, especially as an artist of any form. Right. Because you don't know. You don't know when the next one's coming. Like an NBA player, you got to take the money when it's there. You may not love where you're going, but if you're not like an NBA star, take your four year hundred million contract in Utah. Or in Minnesota. Utah's a sick place now, though. Okay. Well, my bad, Utah. <laughs> but Minnesota or something like that. Yeah, yeah no, I get, I get your point. Yeah. Point's valid. Um, no, Matthew McConaughey is a great comparison. Uh, I love him so much. He, and, he's, and also the way he thinks. You've seen, have you seen um, Days and Confused? Mm-hmm. So it's one of the first movies he was in. It wasn't a rom-com, but it was like... It's not a coming-of-age movie, but it's a coming-of-age type of scene where it's like just a bunch of young people, late high school type stuff, and he plays this like relaxed character. Uh, I'm sure you probably heard the quote where he goes, all right, all right, all right. Yes. Stuff like that. That's, that's that movie. Uh, okay. And it's actually Ben Stiller's in it. It's like a lot of big names in it. But um, this 
that character kind of personifies him where he's kind of like on the outside he seems like this cheesy like cheesy hot dude who like is just like too chill and doesn't give a shit about anything but really he's just constantly thinking about his life in general his when he won um i think it was an oscar or something i that was one of the most motivational speeches i've ever heard in my life where he was talking about like the person he's talking about three people he takes from but the third person the one i resonated is like the person I chase, and it's not like a role model or anything, it's, it's me in 10 years. Because mm-hmm. even in 10 years, when I get there, I'm still chasing that person in 10 years, so I'll never be satisfied. Yeah. That was like, I loved it. That's why um, I love that. So now we're competing with who we were yesterday mm-hmm. and who we have the potential to be tomorrow. That's it. Right. That's it. I, I have a wrestling question. Yes. Because you brought it up earlier, and okay. I'm just like curious now. Okay. I've never had a wrestler friend. When you wrestle, and like when you're fighting, what percentage, and I don't want to ruin this for anyone watching it, like, that's okay. But what percentage is it choreographed? That's a good question. So we know ahead of time who's going to win and lose. Okay. Okay. So just like, just like your movie you're in, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes there's a story we're trying to get out. Yeah. Most of the time the story is very simple. It's just good guy versus bad guy. Uh-huh. There's no other built-in storyline. Like he was my partner. He turned his back on me. Mm-hmm. Some of those stories. Uh, but mostly, like, when you really think about it, the, the, the meat and bones of pro wrestling is good guy versus bad guy. Yeah. And so when we're planning a match, we know the ending, because the ending portion is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Like, the last two minutes is really important, because mostly that's what people are going to remember. Yeah. Right? They're going to remember who won, and they're going to remember kind of how it happened. Okay. So that part is kind of planned out pretty good, because mm-hmm. usually the moves at the end are like a bit more fast paced and they're a bit more dangerous. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure that though, I know those are coming. Like some of the ones where you might get dropped in your head, yeah. this angle, that angle. Um, but the entrances themselves, those are also very important because you're establishing who you are right when you walk through the curtain. Yeah. The way you walk, the way you move, the way you interact with the fans is already showing people if you're the good guy or the bad guy. Mm-hmm. You want to establish that very early so yeah. people don't have to guess who they should cheer and boo. Mm-hmm. Very important. But then the most of the match is like an outline. Yeah. So you're drawing a paper in college, you know the topic, you're going to be like, this is my bullet point, this is important, I need to get to here, this doesn't really matter, so mm-hmm. we're just going to kind of play here, and then this ending portion is very important. Yeah. It's the same way a movie is, is drawn out, right? If you look at any big action yeah. movie, this is how they go. You introduce the characters. Yeah. The good guys do a lot of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. They show you that they're really cool. Yeah. They beat up the bad guys, mm-hmm. they do all this stuff. Oh, sick. Yeah, they're all yeah. rocking and rolling. And then the villain gets introduced and he does something nasty. Yeah. He does something nasty and he breaks that, that good guy down. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. The person I care about is in peril. Yeah. So that's when you try to draw the fans in. In the movies, people are like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Like, is the bad guy actually going to win? You want to put them in disbelief. Because yeah. most movies end good, mm-hmm. right? So you still want to suspend that disbelief a little bit. Like, ooh, is it really? Mm-hmm. Bad guy might win. So then you have these like hope spots from, yeah. the, from the good guy. Like, they're crawling back, they got it, no, they smashed back down. Mm-hmm. So that part is kind of improv in the ring. Okay. Because we're feeding off the crowd. Like, if yeah. they start getting up and chanting, I'm going to start coming back, and then mm-hmm. the bad guy's going to crush me back down. Yeah. So I bring the fans back down. I'm like, shit. Yeah. When is Jackson going to fucking get up? Yeah. You know, and then you start to build it. And then all good, like, Marvel movies do it really well. They have this, like, big comeback scene from yeah. the good guy. Like, when Thor lands in um, uh, Wakanda, he lands. Yeah. That's the comeback. Everyone's like, oh, yeah! Yeah. We're gonna win! You know? Yeah. And that's basically what a comeback is, yeah. right? I have my set of moves, I do my comeback, everyone's fired up, I'm juiced, I'm yeah. ready to go. 
And then there's the end, uh-huh. right? Then there's the falsies, like, ooh, he's going to win, he might win. Ooh, he, oh, ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, you go back and forth, and yeah. then eventually there's the winner. Okay. And usually the, the bad guy will win by some sort of dastardly tactic, yeah. cheating, someone outside help, and the good guy will win clean yeah. with his move. And so that ending is kind of up for discussion depending on where the story's going to go. And who's, but that's how basically uh, the match arc but, goes. So you're just like act, taking someone on a roller coaster. The actual physical part, that's ad lib most of the time. We're, we're talking throughout. Oh, are you really? Yes. Oh. So we're improving. Like if I move you a certain way, you uh, know what I'm doing. I because see. You're, you're used to this body. So if I throw your arm over my shoulder and I put my hand under you, uh-huh. you're going for a suplex. You know that you're just going to land on your back. I see. But we talk to each other as we're moving, so no one can see it. So if I'm punching you in the face, I'm uh-huh. like, hey, go to the corner. Yeah. And you're selling and you're moving to the corner. And so it looks like yes. it's organic. And then like the stuff that's like intricate where there's a lot yeah. of running and jumping, we're, we've called that. So we know where we're going because I can't talk to you if you're on the other side. Yeah. Of the hey, Reno, duck two punches. Yeah. I'm not going to do that, right? Yeah. So we're talking about that stuff when we're close. I say if I have like a wrestling hold on you, uh-huh. like a chin lock, a wrist lock, whatever. I'm saying, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. And then we do it and then we have the whole thing. And then there's spots where we're laying down and we're resting, we're breathing. Yeah. We're letting people digest what happened. Same in like movies. Like it's, 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 that's, that's, it's that's very interesting. Crazy. And that, all of that can happen in, in a five minute match. Oh, you have to boy. think about all of that. And now think about if you're wrestling for 35 minutes, the whole roller coaster that you want to take people on is very, very hard. Yeah. And we're getting hit, like you're, you're hitting people, you're falling down, like it's, it's quite, and you're trying to remember the spots, you're trying to listen to the people, you're trying to get fans engaged, you're trying to be your character. Yeah. It's very, very complicated. That's a lot of shit, dude. People just think it's like, oh, you squat there and you do it. No, it's like, it's an art form. That's why good no, matches yeah. are, they, that's why good matches you remember forever. Mm-hmm. Like, where were you when this match happened? I yeah. was here watching this because it changed my life. Yeah. And that's how people get drawn into professional wrestling, just like any other thing. Yeah. Like, holy shit, I saw this when I was 12. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I love theater. I love sports. I love martial arts. I love superheroes. That's uh-huh. where professional wrestling is. All yeah. four in one. Yeah. Kidding me? Let's sign me up. That's so cool, dude. I'm getting all giddy like a 10-year-old. Yeah. That's wild. I didn't know they actually talked to each other in the ring. It's the, that's the hardest art. Damn. That's the hardest thing to teach new wrestlers. I don't talk to anyone anywhere in anything I do. You talk to people all the time. That's literally what your job is, is well, to communicate. Well, I like to like delegate. It's more like just to like, hey, here's my joke. Tell me where you work at and I'll make a joke about it. <laughs> and that's, that's about it. Uh, that's wild, man. Yeah. You miss it? No. I decided. I mean, I've been. I haven't. I wrestled my last match in March. Mm-hmm. It's been about a month since that happened. I feel good about my decision. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to do like a farewell tour mm-hmm. type thing come July when baseball season ends and I have more time on the weekends. Mm-hmm. But if my career ended right now and I never wrestled another match again, I'm very very happy with how it went. But I'm not going to say never or retire yeah. because. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how things are going to play out. What if something really cool happens and yeah. someone offers me this and they're like, yeah. hey, come and do this one option. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Right? But actively pursuing it as a career, not, not anymore. The point where you're at what used to be, and I'm assuming it still is somewhat a dream, and then you're done with it, mostly, and you're saying, if I retire today or like it was like done, never happened, I'd be happy to where it was. That's a crazy point, mm-hmm. especially at being not even 30, well, almost 30, but not even 30, where like, I'm happy with what I did mm-hmm. with the dream of Chase. That's crazy. You didn't even do it that long. Six no. years. I can't imagine that's not long. I've been doing comedy for like three, and that's, I'm, like a, I'm like a newborn. 
So, well, in size, but also, <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, that's a while. It's magical, and now, and now I'm doing this, and I feel the most purposeful and fulfilled in my life that I've ever felt. That's sick. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking sick. Actually, that's so cool. I, I used to work. I used to work with this guy, um, and he was. We were like both twenty at mm-hmm. the time, and we were talking about like future plans and stuff in Oklahoma. And he had a girlfriend at the time, and we're just like he's telling me, asking me like, "What would you want to do?" I was like, "I want to be a comic." Blah blah blah. All the boring cliche stuff. And he goes, and I asked him. He goes, to "Be honest with you, I want me and my girlfriend. I want to marry her in like a year and have a couple kids." become a mailman just have like everyday job and it's just it's it's cool like the different levels of bliss everyone has yeah. and that's pretty cool like with you being done in six years and like I'm happy yeah and him and like well he has like 14 kids cheaper by the dozen um but he's like I'm happy because he is happy and he's doing really well I, mean, I talk to him periodically yeah. and it's so cool uh that's that's really neat man you just gotta find what works best for you in your world yeah and live it to its truest extent to be authentic and genuine it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of it or what anyone else perceives of it if, if it's for you then it's for you yeah and that's the best way you can live your life I don't want to get too personal but I want to ask you a very personal question okay did you choose to wear the tights like the underwear yes you chose yes boots yes you don't want to wear pants or like no I was I mean, not to even talk, you want to show off. Not to talk eyes. about myself too much, but I like work out incredibly hard, and I'm in really good shape, yeah. and I look really good in yeah. the speedo, and so not many people do. Yeah, right, especially on the independent level. In the yeah. WWE level, yeah, everyone. Oh yeah, looks good, right? Yeah, to whatever they want to look like, whatever gear they want to look, it looks good because yeah. it's the gears made for them. I mean, you know, I didn't have a lot of money to buy trunks yeah. or all this stuff, so I just. That's what I wanted to wear, and I worked out like a madman, and I still do because it's a very important part of my life. I agree. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, one, I wanted to show it off because uh-huh. I was like a cocky former college baseball player, jock. I was playing the villain. You know, so it worked in my favor, but also, yeah. So, I was just curious about that. I didn't know if you got to pick them or like, did you have a manager or you just did everything your own? I just did everything myself bookings, gear, content. That's crazy. Crazy. Videos I I shot with everything that I had that I could like I was yeah. making these like pretend movie set films with like my mom's car my sister's apartment mm. like all I just made shit I just did it I made it work yeah and I tried to live it yeah uh, and then it became very exhausting I thought I was living I thought I was becoming this professional wrestler fake mm. movie star and it was like taking over my life and then life punched me in the face and I took a huge step back and I was like okay mm. who are you really what do you value? What's important? Live yeah. through that and go from there. And it's led me here to these conversations. So, a few months ago, I was uh, there was a show I did, and like I it was one of the bigger shows I've done, like 30, 40 people. So there were like a lot of people. Same. And it was a longer, it was a longer set, it was, like 10, 12 minutes, and that's long. Um, and people were laughing. Like people were generally laughing. And at that moment, I was like, wow, and like, like I made it. Like this is I made it. Yeah. Did you have that moment, like, in the middle of you doing something? Like, did you, like, suplex someone, the crowd's going wild or something, and you're like, this is sick. Like, this is where I wanted to be when I was a kid. Uh, yes and no. I've had moments in matches where I knew that I was fucking crushing it. Yeah. But I never felt like I made it. Because yeah. I wanted to be somewhere else. I see. 
and I never realized that I made it until I yeah took this look at it because mm-hmm. I wasn't John Cena, I wasn't The Rock, I wasn't Stone Cold Steve Austin, I yeah. wasn't famous. That word, yeah, right. But now, That's a scary word. Now it's like, yeah, I made it. Sick, yeah, yeah. sick. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah, like. I'm about to put my jersey that mm-hmm. I wore to the ring in a frame. I'm about to put some of my old trunks in mm-hmm. frame, like and just like put it next to my college baseball jersey. And like, this is what you've done in life. That's uh-huh. incredible. That is incredible. <clears throat> um, so yeah, but I have a couple more questions for you. Oh, go for it. Um, because we gotta wrap up. Let's do it. Ask me. Even though I feel like we could talk for literally hours. I'm so maybe, maybe it'll be a reoccurring guest. Do you smell me? Yeah, I, I forgot to turn the fan on, so it's like pretty hot in here. But I think you're going to be a reoccurring guest on this pod. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we can we can hear what you're working on and all, right, all this stuff. But yeah, I absolutely loved having you at the fundraiser. Um, footage of that will be coming out soon. Appreciate it. I thought you did amazing. Thank you. I know Jack Moody, who's been doing comedy a little bit longer than you, thought you did amazing. Yeah, he is, he's awesome. He's sick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, my one last question is, or I have two questions. One, just tell people where they can find you. That's not really a question, but tell yeah. people where they can find you. And yeah. I have one last question. Oh, yeah. Uh, so everything's going to be linked to my Insta. It's random underscore anthem. Anthem is misspelled because I'm illiterate and I'm too lazy to change it uh, with an O instead of an E. Um, here, what's coming up next? May 15th, uh, the short film magazine called Condolences of Pain. Um, I think... I think I want to say it's like May 20th or something like that. My first short film directing, mm. Stuck, will be coming out. I have a blog coming out. I don't have an actual date for that. And a few other things. You know, you can catch me in open mics kind of all throughout Dallas. I frequent Longhorns. I frequent um, the Will Call Bar down in Deep Elm. Frequent Hyenas. You know, you can catch me whatever. I don't have actually any big shows, but. Amazing. So you have something on May 15th that's coming out? Yeah, it'll be my first acting professional acting gig yeah. amazing this comes out on may 17th oh and then may 20th your deal stuck comes out my my first my directorial debut yeah sick yeah dude that's a that's a good three three four days right there dude, i'm pretty sick i gotta make up for being five seven so like this is pretty sick man well continue well, thank you so much for doing this dude thank you my, my last question is i know we talked about billboards earlier which is hilarious because that's my final question yeah. is if you could put any short phrase on a billboard or instagram yeah. story that would be seen by millions of people mm-hmm. all of the time yeah what would it say Oof. i don't know oh man i don't like talking about myself uh I'd probably put a dumb joke in there, like, like put your PJs on to lower ex- expectations or something like that. Um, <laughs> something, or like, I'm the tuxedo shirt of all comics. So like, something stupid like that. Yeah. Whatever ad I sent you, yeah, like those dumb little jokes I make, like yeah. that's probably what. I'll put. Just something stupid I made up at the time. You know, we had all week to figure out what to put in the billboard. What are you gonna say? Uh, uh, tuxedo shirt. Put that. All right, whatever. I think that fits you perfectly. Yeah, procrastinating. Thank you. Something funny, something to make people laugh. Yeah. And yeah, something that they could potentially brighten someone's day. I only got lost in your eyes like five times. I try to keep. Oh. Jackson. <laughs> but anyways, thanks for having me, man. This, this is awesome. really fun. I'm happy to come out back again to. Uh, yeah, we'll have you on after we get uh, into uh, the hundreds. Dude. Whoa. You're. Is this 96 or 97? This is 96. So you have four after this. Yeah. Dude, nervous? 
no, I mean, my, my, like, dropping every Tuesday is, like, doesn't, it's it's still challenging because I want to put out good stuff, but yeah. it seems like it's flowing better, mm-hmm. you know, and I also have another podcast that I drop on Thursdays. That's the baseball? Yeah, but that's not, that's, like, every other week, so that's not as, as hard, and I have a co-host, and he's really good, but, yeah, dude, I, I love this podcast, and I love these conversations. This was fun. You asked me, man, I don't think anyone's asked me such like and I'm an open book I don't, I don't mind talking but I don't, I don't think anyone's asked me such like close to the best questions that was pretty that was wild I was not ready thanks, thanks for answering honestly no really problem man thanks so much <clears throat> thank you for watching follow Reno check out all of his stuff please it's gonna be awesome share this episode with a friend anyone that you know could use this conversation use what happens to keep insights that we talked about today subscribe